Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. Inflation raging out of control. See a recession coming. Come on, don't make things up, okay? There's nothing inevitable about a recession. Unhinged crime in our cities. The DA's culpable. Someone that commits terrible acts like this should be in prison. Gas prices today over $5 a gallon in the United States. Doubled since President Biden has taken office. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, welcome in. It is News and Views for a Tuesday. There's actually one thing that has significantly decreased in cost. And clearly, the credit needs to be given to the Joe Biden administration. The Democratic National Committee has slashed their price for a photo with Vice President Kamala Harris from $15,000 to $5,000. Because nobody, I mean nobody, was signing up. Now, who would sign up for $5,000? I want to meet that idiot. I really do. <laughs> I didn't know where you are going with this. I thought you were going to say the price of bicycle helmets had decreased. <laughs> uh, you know, follow the money. Follow the money. I, while we laugh at this, this is pretty significant. You're going to see uh, more and more, and, and there's, there's a bunch of polling I'm going to get to in a little bit. And what's interesting about the polling is basically he, he, uh, Joe and Kamala are sucking mud with their own party. Even mm. the Democrats think the guy's nuts. Yeah, you're seeing more and more Democrats in Congress um, and, and the networks. Uh, you know, you might can say some of the networks are actually concerned about their ratings as they should be, but you're seeing a lot of Democrats just come out and distance themselves. They ought to, especially and and what I'm getting ready to say here kind of supports my theory I've had for two or three years. Especially anyone's had anything to do with the Obama administration. Hmm. You know, former economic advisors, yeah, yeah, you know, Larry yeah. Summers. Exactly. We just talked um, about that yesterday. And, and yeah, you've heard other folks that uh, I think they're just trying to distance themselves. I, it would not – there's no way – I mean, this drop in the $15,000 to 5000 compliment Harris, there's no way a Democrat running for the midterms wants to be associated with her. Right. And, and you know, if the bicycle incidents didn't kind of solidify the fact that we have a – a president that is severely declining in mental and physical health and there's no way he's going to run again it just it's not going to happen you know when ronald reagan beat walter mondale for some reason walter like mondale a, like a rented mule oh it was unbelievable but the the next day walter mondale had a, had a you know a uh, conciliatory speech and it was actually took place up in baltimore for some reason i don't remember why he was in baltimore at the time but I remember, I, re- I remember watching that and actually almost feeling sorry for Walter Mondale because, I mean, there was nobody there. <laughs> and, you know, the Biden administration, remember with, uh, Biden and Kamala Harris were both out, I think it was in Phoenix, mm-hmm. and they were going to have this press conference. And there was more reporters there than there were just people supporting the ticket. Yeah. What happened? Yeah, in Phoenix, what, fifth or sixth largest yeah. metro yeah. in the country? And nobody showed up. Mm. And nobody's showing up. I, again, I, what moron, as you said, I'd like to meet the moron that would actually pay $5,000 to get his or her picture taken with the VP. 
Um, I do want to cover this. There was a, a hearing down in Texas today, and the head of the Texas Department of Public Safety criticized law enforcement re- the re- response to the Uvalde mass killing. What is he called it an abject failure? What is just unbelievable about this uh, situation? Steve McCraw was his name, and uh, he said that the police that were there at the school were basically there in full body armor ready to go in within just a couple of minutes three minutes three minutes they were Mm -hmm. ready to go in they didn't go in for an hour and 14 minutes and the the uh, classroom door was not locked as previously told in fact they said it was not even the way there's not even a lock on the inside that you can lock it from the inside you know, we're talking, and I'm, I'm pulling from memory here, but I believe it wasn't until that border agent who was getting his hair cut at the barber in town realized what was going on. I don't know if he had his two-way radio on or what, but realized what was going on, borrowed a gun from the barbershop owner, went over to the school, and he was the guy that took them out. Mm-hmm. I mean, if he had not gone, how long would they have waited? Because, and as you said before we went on there, you would have thought that one of the other officers would say, I don't care if you're my commander or not, I am not going to obey an unlawful directive, which maybe that's taking it too far to call it unlawful, but certainly unwise. Well, I'm always apprehensive. Uh, I, I get get first give law enforcement and the military for the benefit of the doubt at first, just because they are and and all first responders and military i mean they put their life on the line as a career they choose a career to run towards danger instead right. of run away from it but i mean this was an absolute failure by the commander um a, a prime example of this i mean they've been training for these type things but especially the year or so after columbine i mean they, they all get the training and it's just like Law enforcement, uh, just like uh, special forces and the Navy SEALs, they get training for tense situations. You don't want your emotions to take over. You want your training to take over. And you train and train and train. So it's just like second nature. The training takes over. You don't don't think about anything else other than your training. And it's just a failure. Yeah. Uh, th- this this next story, I want to try to handle it and keep it at least PG. But this is so bizarre and so sick. And unfortunately, it's not the first time we've had such a story on News and Views. Fortunately, they're not often. But because of the nature of this story, which is just a reflection of how depraved our society has become, I, I'm, I feel like I've got to touch it. And I'm not going to dwell on it. But Charlotte Mecklenburg police said there was a case of bestiality hmm. between a young man and a 31 year old i mean it's a fairly young man but it's an adult and a dog I, I mean this is sick i mean people call apparently it was happening in a car people called the police the dog is okay but i i just it, it i looked at this and i said you gotta be kidding me how do, how does this happen I mean, there's another story a few years back where it was between a Marine and a dog down somewhere near, not too far from Jacksonville. Oh, my goodness. I didn't hear about yeah. that. I mean, mm. this is going back probably four or five years ago. 
I, again, I don't want to dwell on it, but you know, when when people have this attitude towards just a perverse lifestyle, at what point does it does it stop? I mean, this is how depraved has our society gotten? And I, I realize this is the exception; it's not the rule. But yet, at the same time, you just shake your head and. The Lord be merciful to us. I mean, this is just this is this is Sodom and Gomorrah kind of stuff. It's it's, it's mind boggling to me. Uh, I did not I did not hear that story. I, uh, I'm a, either one of them or the one that was out today. No, the one is out today. My yeah. goodness, that yeah. is that's it's sick. There's yeah. no other way to say yeah. it. And yeah. it, to your point, it just tells us where we've gotten society. You know, when conservatives have said things in the past about you know. Hey, if we go here, we're going to go down this slippery slope, and no. sooner or later, we'll and they're be, laughed at. By the yeah, media. we're laughed at. We're called fear mongering, and now we're there. Yeah, I mean, yeah. how much mm. worse can it get? Mm. Uh, Carolina Journal is reporting a unanimous North Carolina Court of Appeals panel has dismissed a newborn eye surgeon's challenge against the state's certification of need restrictions. The surgeon has announced he will appeal the ruling. Appellate judges agreed that Dr. Jay Singleton had failed to make a case that the certificate of need violated his constitutional rights, yet Judge John Tyson's majority opinion highlighted problems associated with the state's certificate of need process. Quote, while the counsel for the defendants clearly and correctly admitted that the certificate of need status is restrictive, anti-competitive, and create monopolistic policies towards powers to the holder, and plaintiffs correctly assert the certificate of need process is costly and fraught with gross delays and service needs are not kept current. Those challenges can also be asserted before the General Assembly, commissions, and against the agency where a factual record can be built, Tyson wrote. So basically, it sounds to me like as he's, as the judge was writing this opinion, and it was, again, it was a, um, a majority opinion, that and I think it was a unanimous decision, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I believe you're right. But um, basically, what he's saying is, y- y- you need to take it to the, you need to take it to the the General Assembly, not to a court. Uh, more or less is what he's saying. Tyson suggested other avenues for addressing the certificate of need concerns in the future. Plaintiff's complaints has also not asserted a violation of North Carolina's unfair and deceptive trade practices or right to work status. Plaintiffs also failed to assert that it had sought reclassification of certain surgical and treatment procedures under its medical and licenses and certifications, which can safely be done at its center and clinic without the need for a certificate of need operating room. The remedy plaintiffs admittedly and essentially seek is for fact-finding administrative record and decisions thereon to be cast aside and a certificate of need to be summarily issued by the court, Tyson said, we cannot do that. Um, so uh, it sounded to me like the court was empathetic mm-hmm. to the doctor <clears throat> and was not a fan of the certificate of need legislation. And I've often wondered why the Republican Party that is in control of the House and the Senate, why we are continuing to hang on to the certificate of need. Well, it, it was a unanimous opinion, by the way. And, and reading the opinion, it, to your point, it, to me it sounded like – Hey, you brought it on the wrong grounds, right? Basically, right. you argued on the wrong it was a technicality, things, technicality kind of thing. type of thing, 
I find, yeah, I've got some friends that disagree with me on the certificate of need on my position because I'm a free market type person and I understand certain areas, particularly healthcare, there's, you know, some differences, but I, I typically find the opinion is based on this. If you got a certificate of need, you like them. If you don't have one, right. you don't like them. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean if, if I've got a monopoly, <laughs> I mean, I, I like it. I have, in 33 years in business, I've heard people argue against certificate of needs and once they got one, oh, they like them you know so yeah but there there's a lot hey, if i got a, i mean yeah back back when there was a limited amount of tobacco that you could grow you you, you were grateful that you had uh oh absolutely I the like, right to grow tobacco i like that allotment thing i yeah. got it and you don't you know? yeah exactly <laughs> tyson's opinion acknowledges that the single certificate of need allocated to carolina east which was the hospital down in the newburn area has not been revised for over 10 years since 2012 the 2021 state medical facilities plan states there's no need for new operating room capacity in the Craven, Jones, and Pamlico counties planning area. Tyson noted the tri-county planning area encompasses an area of approximately 1,814 square miles. Representatives of Carolina East informed plaintiffs they will oppose any application they submit for an additional operating room um, certificate of need within the tri-county area. To your point... Sounds like those who have want to keep and don't want anyone else to get. Yeah, and they'll argue that, uh, you know, hey, the the large investment they've got, they've got to recoup this large investment and that type of thing. And when you allow, uh, you know, competition, they they can't recoup their investment. The bottom line is they recoup their investment, but, but really they don't want to say it. But th- these things, these monopolies for procedures and things help them pay for indigent care is what it boils down yeah. to. Because yeah. there's a lot of people that aren't paying, and the ones that are paying – have to make up well and and i guess that is a a fair uh comeback is if you're going to while they have the certificate of need monopoly Mm -hmm. they also have obligations that they have to pay for which they have limited income you know perhaps but here's the question if if they didn't have that other obligation the second obligation Mm -hmm. for indigent care would they be willing to give up the certificate of need well, I, I'm no. just asking the questions. <laughs> no, they wouldn't. You know they wouldn't. Keith Kidwell just tweeted me, I've already submitted legislation to repeal certificate of need. Keith, give us a call. I'd, I'd like to talk to you about this, see where it's going to go. We're going to take a break. Maybe we'll hear from Keith when we get back. Five six one eight two five five. We'll be right back. Not covering Brandon's heroics. This, uh, Brandon, she, what does he play? Well, Mr. President, they're not, um. Folks, let's hear it for Brandon. What a job he's doing. Let's go, Brandon. Now back to news and news. Let's go, On 96.3 and 103.7. All right, welcome back in. Do you realize it's less than two weeks away to 4th of July? Two weeks from now today. Wow. I mean, you, you all. You, well, today's the first day of summer, too, by the way. But you feel like Fourth of July, summer's half over. I, I don't know. I mean, I know technically it's not, but it just sort of feels that way. Uh, take a look at your weather forecast for the next couple of days. Tonight, some clouds, a low around sixty-four. Tomorrow, mainly sunny. A stray shower or thunderstorm is possible, a high near ninety-five. Tomorrow night, scattered thunderstorms and a chance of rain. Tomorrow night is forty percent. We need the rain. 
Thursday, partly to mostly cloudy, a stray shower or thunderstorm is possible, a high of 88 on Thursday. Weather brought to you by our friends at the Ironwood Country Club. Whether you're looking to spend your summer poolside, courtside, or greenside, Ironwood Golf and Country Club offers a variety of memberships tailored to fit your lifestyle with no initiation fee required. And listen, if you're headed to the beach, pack your clubs. Ironwood members receive reciprocal golf and dining privileges at the Beaufort Club in Beaufort and Compass Point Golf Club at Magnolia Greens, located near Wilmington. Contact membership director Jenna Doyle. Her number is 752-4653. Join in the fun at Ironwood today, a part of the Renaissance Golf Group. Keith Kidwell, who represents North Carolina's 79th House District, is on the line with us. Keith, welcome uh, to News and Views. Your, um, you and your fellow colleagues, it looks like you've got about another week of work left before uh, the short session ends. Um, you have, you just uh, texted me that you have submitted a, uh, a piece of legislation that would end certificate of need. When did you do that and where does it stand? Well, so technically, Tom, I did that when we reconvened session in the long session, so about a year and a half ago. Uh, didn't get any traction on any interest from either house until the Senate decided to run a bill with Medicaid expansion, and they threw the con law in the Medicaid expansion, the, the repeal of con, because they were trying to get me to uh, to go on the Medicaid expansion bill, and they figured if they threw con in it, I'd vote for it. Well, they don't know me very well, because that's not how I do things. So... Uh, you know, as as Benny was talking about earlier, you know, the idea of uh, free trade, open trade, uh, that, that's sort of a, uh, a a slam dunk for conservatives. And we've got a fairly conservative legislature up there amongst the Republicans who are in the majority. I'm surprised there's not more movement on this. Well, you know, go, go look at what happened with the Medicaid expansion uh, in the Senate. We only had two Republicans that voted against the Medicaid expansion bill, and it's not because con repeal was in there, Tom. It's they voted for Medicaid expansion. Uh, wrong thing to do at the wrong time. Matter of fact, John Locke uh, just came out with an article that it's absolutely the wrong thing at this time. There was even an article in the Wall Street Journal two weeks ago uh, that, that told us how badly the states are now getting hit that expanded, expanded Medicaid. So we're not going to do that. I don't care if they put the con laws in there or not. With that said, con laws need to go. Their time is up. In fact, the federal government had con laws. And after a few years of being in even the federal government finally admitted, these don't work. Get rid of them. They stifle business. The problem we have is the hospitals get protection through con laws. And that, you know, as an example, my eye doctor, which I, I know the guy that sued down in Newburn, I've, I've actually talked with him. Uh, my eye doctor told me there's processes and procedures he can do in his office for $800 that he cannot do because of con laws. He has to go rent the suite at the hospital, and the hospital gets $8,000, plus then you have to pay the doctor. Okay, So we're, we're literally increasing medical costs to, to appease the hospitals because they'll tell you they can't survive without con laws in place. Yeah, I wish they had that type of law for my business. So, you know, I'm in the tax business, and they, they tell me, well, you don't know how, what we have to compete against. I'm like, guys, have you had to compete against free? Because that's what I have to compete against every day. So let, let's go back to a free capitalist society. 
get rid of the con laws, and let's let these businesses do what they need to do. I'm what? pretty sure there's nobody in eastern North Carolina or North Carolina as a whole that's going to go put in an, an MRI machine, let's say, without first seeing, hey, am I going to actually make money on this? You know, I, I don't see that happen. You know, Keith, I've talked to people. Um, I've been in professional life thirty, almost thirty-three years now, and you know, I've had had people in the healthcare industry argue about, hey, you know, if we don't have these things, healthcare costs will, will go up. I said, well, you know, now I've got thirty-three years worth of data, and look at the daggone cost curve with healthcare costs. I don't know if I want to be listening to any ideas about you know cost containment from from people in the industry. Uh, I think we should. You know, look at things doing a little bit differently, and I, I agree with you on the specific needs. Well, uh, Benny, as, as a as a fellow accountant, let me give you this quick story that actually happened in a committee meeting. I had somebody get up there and tell us that we could not use the other forty nine states for comparison because it was too small of a pool to draw from. And I questioned. <laughs> I said, "Well, do, do you have a pool that would be appropriate that's still on this planet?" Because we always use the other forty nine states when we're drafting legislation. So that's number one. The next thing, and this is really the bad part, Benny, she sat there and told the, the committee, this is the Medicaid Expansion Access to Health Committee, which was considered a con laws. She told the committee, we're going to use the state of Wyoming for comparison because in population, it's about half the size of North Carolina. Now, I, I, I remembered I read the, the size of Wyoming, so I Googled it. Wyoming has 582,000 people, I believe it was. North Carolina, 10.49 million. So I pointed that out to her. I said, you know, you just said this was half the size. And, and here's the numbers I just Googled. And she said, yeah, that's about half. I said, no, that's 5%. <laughs> I said, now the problem we have is now all these numbers you've thrown around this morning are suspect because you're that far off on your very first number. I said, the good news is I'm an accountant. Come down to my office when we're done, and we'll review the rest of your math. Yeah, basic fractions, maybe. <laughs> well, plus, yeah. if someone's talking to me about comparing North Carolina to Wyoming, then I, you know, I can kind of question their education because that, oh, that <laughs> if you know anything close. about geography, that's not even close in demographic data. I mean, it's not even a fair Keith, comparison. Keith, what do you, re- how do you respond to what uh, Benny brought up before the break? That is, the the response to the hospitals will be, yeah, but we have uh, indigent care that we've got to cover. And therefore, we need what I'll call uh, the certificate of need special privilege that other people don't have access to. But we definitely have some problems in, in health care. There's absolutely no doubt about that. The biggest part of the problem is it's too expensive. And con would reduce the cost across the board. Good point. Yeah, you know, the other problem we have is that when people are using health insurance, they're using a third-party payer. Right. So they don't care what the cost is because they're going to pay their deductible. You know, the point would be you can go to Newburn and get the exact same shoulder surgery that's going to cost you, I think the number was 25000 in Greenville, and it was like 7000 in Newburn. Hmm. Nobody shops that price because they don't care because they're not paying the bill. Right. Right? Yeah, Keith, so, to, your point, to your point on that, we, we have been listening. I was on a... I was on a committee a couple of governors ago, and I made the comment. I looked around the room after all these ideas. I made the comment. I looked around these rules. There's 25 people in this room, and I think about two have ever written a check for their health care costs or health care insurance in their entire adult life. So that's the problem. Yeah. You've got too many people at the table that's never had skin in the game. Right. That, my that's opinion, exactly anyway. It. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 
Yeah. When, when you look at con law that's doing a lot of protectionism, I think we can work with the hospitals. There's so much that needs to be done. And one of the best parts is Beth Wood, and is one of the few Democrats that I just really think does her job phenomenally. She did an audit, and I think it was Wake County. There was $500 million in Medicaid waste, fraud, and abuse. Just in that one now, county. Just in one county. That was about three years ago. You know, if we were to go through the counties and fix this, we'd be able to afford to give health care to anybody that wanted it. So let's not expand Medicaid. Let's fix it. Yeah. Okay? Let's not stop competition. Let's encourage it. Because that's going to help every one of us from the hospitals right down to the people like you and I, Benny, to have to pay our own health insurance. Hey, don't forget me now. Of course. Uh. <laughs> right, I do want to point something out to you, Tom. June 21st is the first day of summer. Not halfway through summer. All right? And the reason I point that out is it's my birthday. Oh, happy birthday, right. Keith. Well, isn't that special? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you're still the youngest member in the uh, North Carolina House? Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure I'm not that. <laughs> happy birthday, Keith. Thanks for calling in. Do appreciate it. Have a good night. Uh, you too. Uh, stay with us. Benny and I will be right back. Gas prices, rising costs, your groceries. Everything is massive inflation, way up. Going through the roof. It's outrageous. Hold on to your wallet. What's coming through your speaker? Information. The latest news and updates. Or your smart device. The conversation right now. This is complete insanity. It's free. There's a lot going on right now. We have to understand what that means. Listen on the TuneIn Radio app and talk 96.3 and 103.7. Welcome back in. So uh, pro-abortion and anti-abortion protesters are outside the Supreme Court. Uh, Nothing was released on the Dobbs case yet, which possibly could overturn Roe v. Wade, which would not end abortion. It would send the decision back to the states. But it got a little ugly up there. And, you know, while the pro-abortion crowd wants to push the narrative that the pro-life crowd are so mean. They're so mean to us. Uh, you know, they're, they're, they'll claim the snowflake uh, syndrome. Bottom line is the pro-abortion crowd outside the Supreme Court went after students for life up at the Supreme Court. I can't repeat to you what they said. Uh, I can't, I mean. I wouldn't be surprised. It, Anything it, it, you uh, say. Imagine the worst. And uh, did you see the group a couple of nights ago marching at Amy Comey Barrett's house with, you know, fake blood in their near their private parts and had a uh, like a baby doll like they had ripped the baby out? I mean, these people are sick. sick. And you've got you've got sitting U.S. congressmen and senators to me. I mean, if they want to investigate anything regarding insurrection or inciting violence. Exactly. That that's who's. Is I mean, this not a third branch of our government? Yeah, the the leaders of the Democrat Party is saying, "Hey, go for it," um, and 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 not them, but other organizations are releasing um, the, the times and places that Amy Coney Barrett yeah. goes to church. Yeah, yeah. I, well, Chucky the Clown Schumer got up there and and mentioned by name Gorsuch and Kavanaugh yeah. and said, "We are coming after you. You yeah. won't know what hits you." Mm-hmm. 
And, and look, I, I I don't care if it's a Democrat or Republican. I, I, I do not believe you should protest at anyone's well, house. Well, it's against the law. You yeah. can't. It, it, supposed, but, I mean, again, here's a situation. There are laws on the books, and now we have, you know, the – uh, the conservatives in D.C. and the House and the Senate are saying we need to pass legislation that will protect the Supreme Court justices. Mm. Now, I know that what they're talking about is actually, okay, we're going to finance and make sure that they have what is equivalent to Secret Service right. protection. But <clears throat> but the idea that we've got to pass laws, it's already against the law. Merrick Garland can send people out today and have all those people arrested and he should and he's doing nothing nothing and he has proven that uh mitch mcconnell did the right thing and and not allow the process to go through with merrick garland when when uh yeah. president obama appointed him to the supreme court yeah. well or not, nominated, nom- nominated, nominated yeah. to the supreme court i mean he's just a he is a political hack without a doubt but again the the fact that we have the, the the sanctity of the homes of these Supreme Court justices and the sanctity of their family being violated. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it is an on, I mean, it's not a one-time event that lasted three hours. This has been going on for weeks now. Yeah. And you, it is, an, uh, you talk about an insurrection, this is an attack on the third branch of our government. And if you look at some of these people protesting, I've seen some of the ones marching. That you can look at. There's some nuts. I mean, absolute nuts there. And sooner or later, one's going to be so so extreme. Something's going to happen. Well, we bad. already had the guy show up with a gun and a knife at Kavanaugh's house, and Joe Biden is has yet to condemn si- that. Silent, completely silent. The leaders of the Democrat Party are just silent on it. The um, by by the way, it, it just is this is a real change of uh, topic here. The uh, News and Observer ran an op-ed today that was uh, written by Robert Pittenger, who uh, was a member of Congress for North Carolina. He represented North Carolina's ninth congressional district from 2013 to 2019, and uh, he writes, "As I meet with parliamentarians throughout the globe, organizing security and technology briefings with noted experts from industry, government, and think tanks, I find mixed feelings about America today." While most leaders respect us, they often voice concerns about our commitments and values. These concerns often focus on our misguided abdications of promises made to our allies and the precipitous withdrawal from Iraq and Afghanistan with their disastrous outcomes. They also focus on our look-the-other-way attitude on egregious violations of human rights and religious freedoms in China as U.S. private equity groups invest hundreds of billions in China. China is not our competitor. It is our adversary. President Xi has made clear the objective of China to have world dominance and superiority in the economy, military power, and technology. Now the world watches the over-eager financial pursuit of some self-serving golf stars being bought by the Saudis to start the new LIV Golf League. In joining the league, the golfers are giving the Saudis cover for killing the journalist Jamal Khashoggi, the lack of freedom for women, and the persecution of non-Sunni Muslims. While it is evident that Phil Mickelson, Dustin Johnson, and other golf stars are shamelessly being bought, the deeper, more compelling concern is their lack of gratitude for the PGA platform that launched their careers. From my native state of Texas, our commitment was, you dance with the one who brung you. 
that is not so uh, that is not so far for the uh, big time golfers self-absorbed and leaving in the dust of the PGA an organization that skyrocketed their brand and their fortunes from what I see they represent the worst of America I hope the international stages where they have representative our country have good judgment to wave goodbye to them they don't raise the high flag of America and should not have the honor to represent us Robert Pittenger I don't know if you've been following this new Saudi golf league but they are paying enormous amounts of money yeah for Dustin Johnson 150 million dollars Brian DeChambeau was the latest, 28 years old. He won the uh, 2020 U.S. Open. Uh, He got a payoff of $100 million to go over. Um, DeChambeau um, has won. Uh, Dustin Johnson, $125 million. $125. Phil Mickelson, $200 million. Now, this is just to go – this is not – this is just a signing bonus. Mm -hmm. I mean, they don't have to do a thing. I think they have to. It was a one-year commitment to go over and play in this Saudi golf league, and and what's interesting is most of the tournaments are going to be here in the United States. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I, you know, I, again, I'm I'm more I'm more free, free market, market libertarian. People should be able to do what they. But but I, I see the guy's point. You know, Pettinger's point that they were. Uh, you know, hey, they they were the PGA was with them when they were struggling coming up and that type of thing. But at the same time, the PGA, I guarantee, you, if these Saudis came to PGA, say, hey, do two or three events here, do this, do this, we'll give you a two billion dollars. They'd say, where do we sign? I, I mean, I, I just believe it. Well, it's, it's interesting because you know Harold Varner played, and I don't think it was a NIV event, but he he played in that Dubai. event. Yeah, in I think Dubai. It was Dubai, I think. Yeah. And uh, he won, yeah, the one he won, he won a long yeah, putt. Yeah. yeah, he won with that long putt. And the PGA, well, that wasn't apparently in violation of anything. But uh, now they're saying that these uh, individuals that played in the first event, which took place June 9th and 10th, I think, over in London, uh, they are now suspended from the PGA. It'd be interesting to see what happens there. But yeah, I, th- I thought the uh, the comments by Robert Pittinger were uh, were interesting. The other side of that coin is, yeah, I, I also agree with you in terms of free market. You know, at some point, though, when do you say, okay, uh, these people are not a declared enemy, but mm-hmm. eh, to a certain degree, uh, you know, do, do you put them in the adversary column? Yeah. You know, I, it really, Mr. Pittenger, I'd like to see him if he had a $125 million contract in front of him. <laughs> what, 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 is his, what is his connection to golf? Does he have any connection to golf? Or? Uh, no, he just has a connection to uh, the United States of America. Okay. And, uh, I, you know, just a, a comment that he was making as yeah, a Yeah, maybe he's a big golf fan or something. Congressman. Hmm. So we'll see. Hey, we've got to take another time out. Lots more to talk about. We'll be right back. Back to News and Views. Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Welcome back again. Breitbart News is reporting Joe Biden's attempts to convince American people that Russian leader Vladimir Putin is responsible for high gas prices and inflation has failed, according to polling data, with the biggest single driver of inflation being Putin's war against Ukraine at 
President of the United States has taken action to blunt the impact of Putin's price hike for families, the White House falsely claimed yesterday. The American public, however, is not buying what Biden is selling. Just 11% of Americans think Putin is to blame for high energy prices, according to a poll of 1,000 U.S. likely voters taken by Rasmussen between June 16th and June 19th, just a couple of days ago. Biden has also sought to blame oil companies and refineries for high prices, but just 29% find that convincing. By far the largest share of Americans, 52%, say that it is Biden's energy policies that are to blame for high gas prices. Biden has nominated at least two opponents of fossil fuels to key financial regulation posts. Uh, They have failed. Uh, Biden is sucking mud. (laughs) Rightly so. Uh, 80% of Republicans think Biden's policies are to blame for the rising cost of uh, fuel. Most troubling for Biden, 54% of voters not affiliated with either major party, independents, blame Biden. Hmm. Uh, He's he's in trouble. Amongst Democrats, only 24% blame Biden, 46% blame major oil companies, 20% blame uh, Putin. Uh, You know, of of all the things that Biden wants to talk about and point to and blame, uh, and of course, the whole January 6th thing is to try to uh, besmirch Republicans thinking that, okay, we're going to convince the voters that because of January 6th that they should vote for Democrats. Frank Luntz, the pollster, he's come out with a poll and basically is saying, no, nah, they're not they're not buying. And they are changing the narrative. I just heard today, you know, Biden was uh, you know, blaming the oil companies for being so profitable. So he's, they're trying to change the narrative a little bit away from the Putin price hike nonsense. But, but uh, they will never admit that it is him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and look, I, you know, I, I for one know there's a lot of other factors that are affecting the prices that that goes back. Uh, even prior to Biden, but hey, at least half of the price hikes is is his his issues and the fact that I mean, who wants to do take any chances in the oil and gas industry right now? Number number one, the banks and private equity groups won't invest in you, so because they're they're you know they're afraid what the government regulations are going to do, and uh, and and number two, I mean, they're just not putting the capital there. So if you don't have the capital, it doesn't matter. It don't matter what you do. Biden said how many times when he was running that he would end fossil fuels. Oh, yeah. And stand crossways against fossil fuel expansion. On One of his first actions was to cancel the permit for the Keystone Pipeline. He increased the royalty rate, which is essentially a, a tax uh, rate on oil production on federal lands by 50% the first year. That was the first hike in 100 years. And he increased it by 50%. I was, no, it would be, we, would, we would work it out. We would make sure it's eliminated. Yeah. <laughs> I wish the White House correspondent, Peter Ducey, would ask and say, hey, where do you guys plug in the uh, the, the limousine that the Joe Biden goes around in? Yeah. <laughs> I promise you, it's not running on electric. Where do you plug in Joe Biden? <laughs> yeah. That's what I want to know. A shot in the ass. <laughs> As Donald Trump said. <laughs> Uh, By the way, before we uh, get to our next caller, uh, Twitter's board today recommended that shareholders greenlight the company's proposed $44 billion sale to Tesla and SpaceX CEO Elon Musk. So uh, that was uh, now it's up to the shareholders to decide. 
Uh, obviously, Elon Musk wanted the shareholders to decide. Why would they not? Why would they vote against this? This yes. is a boon. Yeah, it's trading at about $36 a share or so right now. I think and it's 54 uh, is the deal. Yeah, 5898 was mm-hmm. was this morning's share. And uh, his initial offer was $54.20. So the board has said do it. Um, now, he is also – there's another – stipulation he has that is that he wants to make sure that uh they straighten out how many of these what what do they call the the fake followers the bot followers right Mm -hmm. uh let us know uh you know all these followers you say that are out there which are real and which are bots five six one eight two five five our buddy sutton is on the line hey sutton hey sutton hey how y'all doing today doing great great. good to hear from you Oh, yeah, just riding down here, um, listening at you guys. And, you know, you're talking about the courts and the picketing the Supreme Court justices and exactly. concerning golf and everything, how they don't want to uh, allow those guys to play in the U.S. once they play over there. But, my man, we got a system broke in the United States from the Justice Department up. You look at the NBA players. They sucked up to China. You look at the uh, football coach that made a statement concerning the riots in uh, the the summer and the uh, thing that happened at the courthouse, and they fined him for that. But you know this thing starts with the Justice Department. We don't have a Justice Department that is functioning this day and time in the United States. So everything is tore up. And one more thing I'd like to ask, do you think the Justice Department department will ever come back together to be about justice that's a good or question con- or is the democrat going to continue to own the justice department well i will say this Sutton. right now yeah the democrats do own the justice department and uh you know ray is in charge of the fbi but uh he doesn't seem to be standing very strong uh it's scary that's a great point son good point who owns it uh, you know, I, I hope if we get a conservative in the White House, if we get conservatives in the House, conservatives in the Senate, and control those, I hope we'll have a just justice department. we got to run. See ya.